0: You're listening to Fish Food, where we present bite-sized accounting and entrepreneurship advice in 25 minutes or less. Keep listening for interviews, guidance, and resources for freelancers and small businesses. And if you enjoy, rate and subscribe to let others know about the gym you found. Now, let's get started. So hello, welcome to Fish Food, a podcast from Little Fish Accounting. I am Keila Hill-Trawick, and I am here today with Brandon Butler.
1: Hello, how are you? <laughs>
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. This is a long time coming.
0: I know. We have known each other for, man, we're old.
1: Yeah. Probably getting close to 20 years. Very
0: close to 20 years. So I wanted to bring Brandon here today because he has an extensive background working for himself and for other people. And one of the things that I've been thinking about as I talk to clients and as I talk to just people in general, I think we talk a lot about like side hustles becoming jobs. But what does it look like to have an entrepreneurial spirit when you work for someone else or to be going in and out of that field? We push entrepreneurship on people a lot. And we're like, the goal is to quit and work for yourself. But you have lived both worlds. And so I wanted to have a talk with you today about your career and your journey here and kind of how you got here and why you're here now. So why don't you start by giving the people a brief bio about what you do?
1: Absolutely. So, Brandon Butler, a uh, current title is executive director for Butter ATL. I'm also VP of Solutions for a uh, Dagger Agency in Atlanta. For on kind of the day to day basis, I basically run uh, our media company here called Butter, which is a media company all about Atlanta and Atlanta culture. We always say like our definition of culture is people like us do things like this, and Atlanta is mm-hmm. a very interesting place i always say atlanta doesn't really have a culture in my opinion atlanta's mm-hmm. culture is just atlanta cuz it's so unique but you know when i say people like us do things like this you know atlanta's the only place where you know you can go to the high museum to go catch you know some art then you might go swing by a you know american deli to get some lemon pepper wings then you to maybe hit up Magic City with the same people, <laughs> and then you can go to Waffle House, and like you can do that. But you can have the exact same group of people that will go to, you to all those places, and it'll be cool because that's just what Atlanta is. And so we just, uh, you know, we create content about the city. Been doing it as it relates to butter for a little bit, of, about a year, you know what I'm saying? And it's uh, really taken off. you have grown a huge amount. Lots of people recognizing us, brands, influencers, celebrities reaching out. Like so, it's good. Things are moving in the right direction.
0: You're famous. That's that's what all that you, says.
1: You know, it's weird. More and more and more people like, and I really try to blend in. Like I wear the same thing every day. Um, <laughs> we're, you know, that's my uniform: black t shirt and jeans, and that's everybody kind of knows it. But like more and more, especially recently, like people recognize me, and it's really weird. People have like stopped me and asked me to take pictures with them. I was literally standing out talking to somebody down last week out in um in Castleberry Hill on Peter Street, and I was just like having a conversation, and this car just like stops. Oh my God, you're breaded from butter! And they like jump out and they're like, "Can I get a picture with you?" You know what I'm saying? And I've sat down with people and like had lunch or dinners or whatever, and then after they're like, "Hey man, you mind if I get a picture?" And, like, so you know, or even like this week we did an event, and you know, it was the same thing. Like, so I mean, I appreciate it, but yeah. it's you know, as a person that's pretty private and introverted you know what i'm saying it's a it's a new world to live in
0: so let's go back because when i knew you this is not what you were doing this is not what you were going to school for this was not the job that you were going towards it's a little different So we'll get back here but let's go back to like when you entered the working world yeah what were you doing and what did you think you were going to do I mean, then
1: you were speaking Japanese. Uh, I was speaking Japanese. Um, <laughs> I got my degree in IT computer science from Georgia Southern. At that point, my first job out of college was actually like IT admin support, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I was working for this insurance company and I got fired because this lady lied on me. Um, <laughs> she was hating or whatever. But, you know, it was cool. I was doing like IT. So at that point, you know, my I think my early career, like I really planned on being like an IT. I did some IT security work for a while. I was doing like, you know. Certified hacking, threat monitoring, uh, did pretty much anything that related to a computer from building them to setting up networks to, you know, consulting and everything. And, and kind of what started changing it was I was on the few kind of tech people with the personality. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody at a company that I used to work for that kind of recognized that. And so they had this role where they were looking for a technical person, but they wanted them to do some sales work inside sales sales engineer kind of role but it was so they took me out of a straight-up technical role and put me into this other role and that kind of got me into this world of you know that was like my first kind of starting like getting like the world of marketing and pitching and reaching out to clients and having meetings and like trying to sell stuff and product i was selling at the time was it security monitoring services for banks uh it wasn't the sexiest so thing yeah. and you know was a young you know 24 25 year old you know black man in Atlanta and, and Georgia going and talking to 50, 60 year old bankers that didn't necessarily <laughs> look like me. I wasn't necessarily the greatest salesperson, okay. but I had a lot of uh, good experiences. And, you know, like my, my boss at the time too, he really kind of took me under his wing and just, you know, showed me a lot of stuff. And so that's what kind of got me into that space. But yeah, if you'd have met me back then, I was, um, you know, I was trying to be a CIO or a CTO of some company. Ultimately, I think that's, that's all kind of changed now.
0: So the other thing that I remember about you that we talked about early on is you were never really just working. So no. you were always entrepreneurial, at least as an adult that I knew of. Did you grow up like that? Did, were you always built like that, or
1: yeah, was uh, something that just no? I mean, I like money. You know what I'm <laughs> um, and I would always come up with ways to like find it. And you know, my parents, I don't think they really understood. I mean, they were all about keeping it safe, go to college, you know what I'm saying? Like do the right thing. And I was about that, but at the same time, so like for them, like entrepreneurship was not even really a thing they were that interested in. Yeah. Especially, I guess it was like like taking chances. Now they had no issue with me, like making money and doing stuff on the yeah. side. But I remember back in, in high school, I, I had what I kind of called the hugest candy syndicate in the Stone Mountain area. You know, my dad would take me up to Eckerd Drugstore. That's how yeah, back in the day. I'd go get those full size candy bars, like the Snickers and the, the Twix and the Reese's and all kinda of stuff. And I had I had two I would go to school with two book bags. Hey. I had one book bag full of candy, one book bag for my books, and I had people selling candy for me in different grades.
0: <laughs> so, so you had a whole team
1: yeah i had a whole team you know what i'm saying i think i was in 10th grade i had folks in every grade selling candy for me and like bringing me money bringing my cut back
0: listen this does not uh, surprise me at all and,
1: and then it all it all came crumbling down because <laughs> i was trying to be cool and i gave this girl a, a snickers bar for free because i uh-huh. liked her and like one of, the, one of the admins saw me take it out of my book bag and give it to her and you'd have thought that i had like pounds in my book bag the way they like ran up on me and like confiscated like, it's it you. it was like it's you you know ill 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 chocolate you know what i'm saying and so um you know i remember that was a big thing um i remember i never it was so funny they like confiscated it they like had my book bag and it was like a big deal because like you weren't supposed to sell candy in school. I don't want Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, there's nothing in there but candy. I was making, you know, back in the day, you know, I was making a good probably, you know, 50, 60, 70 bucks a day. Listen. You know, just, just making it happen. Always had ideas, always pursued stuff. You know, as of recent with Butter, I've been trying to kind of be a little bit more focused and not taking on as much stuff. But over the years, that kind of moved into everything from DJing, you know, did that heard. for a while to, you know, even like building websites and apps, which was kind of like my main Side hustle for for a long time that even ended up me turning that into a business called the website shop where I had a chain of web design stores that were in brick and mortars. Oh, uh, wow, in in the Atlanta
0: area. I don't think I knew about that one.
1: Yeah, that was a I won the black enterprise elevator pitch like entrepreneurship contest. That was back in like 2010, and we had our first store was in North Lake. Then we had like two more stores that we opened up.
0: That's what's up. So you work for someone and then you kind of go off and do your own. So, throughout, were you working full time for someone and full time for yourself at different points. I mean, obviously there was overlap where you were doing both, but I think I remember you leaving and just working for yourself. Yeah. Full time in between.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would always I would always kinda like go back and forth. I mean, I would you know what I'm saying, I'd have ideas. I'd because I was in IT, I made pretty decent money. Yeah. So I was always able to kind of save up a little bit of money and go after some things, especially if I like didn't like my job. I just was like, I'll go find another one. Yeah. So, you know, when I did the website shop, like I did that for about a year full-time, you know what I'm saying? And then as we started expanding, I was just trying to keep things going and I had an opportunity come up and so I was actually I didn't took a job with the NBA for a while and I was like the head ah. of uh, the project team for the NBA all their mobile apps because again, it was a good check to get. Yep. And but at that time, I think I had two store locations and I had people that I was paying and I was just again, I was trying to kind of do a lot. It was a lot of work, you know, I'd always kind of like done stuff but then you know be smart about it too right and yeah. i think um you got to take those risks and kind of do it the right way but as much as possible i would kind of switch between the two and you know kind of flirted with full-time for a while then again folks would make you offers it would be hard to kind of refuse and so you know it was always funny but then um i think that just makes even the situation now with like butter and everything more interesting is that i've kind of found a, a good mix of being yeah. a little bit more of an entrepreneur you know which is pretty cool
0: Yeah, I was going to ask. So it seems like it's an easy decision to move. Not easy, but it feels like an easier position, at least financially or decision financially to say, I was working for myself. Y'all going to pay me and you're going to pay me consistently and I don't have to chase nothing. How was the decision or did you ever make the decision to leave when you liked your job? Because obviously when you don't like your job, you're like, I'm out. I could just work for myself. Did you ever make that decision when your job was fine? You were just ready to do something else for yourself?
1: Maybe earlier on, I'm trying to think like my last couple of roles, you know, like I always, I don't know. I've always, even when I like get a job, I can say like my last couple of roles I've had have been, I've basically written the job descriptions myself mm-hmm. since I've been able to do that. It's pretty, they're pretty good situations to be in. Yeah. So yeah, for the most part, it was, if I was doing it, it was cause I like, I had a job that I hated. Like I remember I had this one job one time. This IT company and like it was run by this father and son, and I, I remember like I it was like it was weird because the office was like two levels right, and you would walk down the stairs. That's where like a lot of the tech folks were were like kind of like lower level, and then upstairs like a lot of the sales team were. And I remember I came to work one day, all the sales team had these offices and like in the middle there were like cubicles, and like one day all the doors to all the offices were like closed and locked with signs on them. Mm. And basically the sales team had like missed their number. And so the owner kicked them all out of their offices and made them all sit. Oh my
0: God. And
1: it was like a very weird culture of like punishment and reward. And so, you know, he all like, he made them all like sit in the cubicles. He was like, you don't deserve offices. And so, and so like, uh, you know, I came in and, you know, they, they liked some of the stuff I was doing on the tech side. So they actually kind of moved me into doing some more like cross-functional work. And I never forget, he was like, you get to come upstairs. And so like I was upstairs working with the sales team and stuff and then like something happened one day and like me and him got into an argument and he tried to tell me he was like, You have to go back down to the basement. And I was like, dude, nah. I'm going out to the parking lot.
0: Right. That's and, the end.
1: And that's the end. And like that was literally the last day I was there. You know, like those situations is easy to kind of walk away from. Yeah. But um yeah, I think the only time I probably had a job that I really enjoyed and left was when I was at um seven, nine, the zone here in Atlanta. And that was, I was there Mm -hmm. for about four or five years as the head of digital. And it was great. I mean, it was one of my favorite jobs, but they had gotten to a point to where they had sold the company.
0: Oh yeah. And
1: it it went from like being privately owned to being owned by like a larger public company. And, you know, just some of the stuff that changed, I wasn't really feeling. I kind of left that role once that had happened, but outside of that, you know, you know, I usually, if I like what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? I usually tend to stick around a little bit.
0: So what got you here? How do you, how do you get through like this whole IT, DJN radio, all of these lives in some ways, it makes sense that it's like all of those things would have made you the perfect person for this, except that what you're doing now didn't actually exist in the way that it does um, until you got there. So I guess, tell me a bit about you coming to this specific job and like how, how you knew this was for you. Even though all of the things that you did leading you here weren't really in place when you picked it, it doesn't sound like.
1: So I came uh, to Dagger. I was actually at Accenture at the time um, when I finished up my MBA at Tech. Uh, I was at Edelman when I was getting my MBA, and uh, I had been there. I was the VP of Digital for the Atlanta office for like five years, and it was cool. And but I was ready for a kind of a change a little bit, and then I um, when I graduated Tech, you know, I kind of did with the Accenture throws a lot of money at you. Sometimes oh, you're, yeah. like, you're like, okay, let me give this a shot. You right. know, Let me see, let me try something different. And it was kind of an interesting role. Cause it was 100% remote. I got to work from home, but I really kind of found out really quickly. I didn't like that. Like, mm. you know, I never, I never met my boss physically. I only saw him two times in a little bit over a year. You know, it was all on like video chat. Like I never yeah. met, I never physically met anybody on my team. And for me to go from like running a team hand in hand every single day to like sitting in my living room, you know, like just right. talking on the phone was just a weird thing to me. And so I didn't really like, it. so I was looking for kind of a change. I ended up bumping into a recruiter from Dagger who introduced me to Mike, who's the CEO. And we just had a couple conversations and like, you know, they they were very open to like kind of the way I looked at things um, in that capacity. When I came in originally, I came in as the head of project management and technology. And so, okay, you know, we were just talking about, you know, agency and kind of what's missing and, opportunities in Atlanta that was really and so I kind of saw I like the vision that I kind of saw from them right they were also talking very very high level about what would ultimately kind of become butter okay and uh just having those kind of conversations was very like different and interesting. So I was like all right this could be a cool place and it gave me an opportunity to kind of get back into a team it was a you know it was a small growing company I wanted to kind of get back and just be around other people yeah. <laughs> you know and so uh, ended up joining that, and then over time, butter kind of started manifesting. I mean, the actual story is I had a uh, one of my PMs was kind of working on it, and there were some things they were just going through some like some challenges, like some fits and starts and stuff like that. And you know, I kind of just told uh, Mike we had a conversation one day, and I was like, "Look, if you want this thing to work, just <laughs> put just me on. Me, it. Just let me do it." Right. And he was like, "Okay." And I said, "I told him I said, I only got three rules. Like, only things I ask are leave me alone. <laughs> like, right. in other words." You know, let me let me figure it out, and give me thirty days to figure it out, and really, you know, work with the team and just leave me alone. Right. There was a couple of people that I needed to like pull in to kind of help get things going. I said I need these couple specific people. They have to work with me on it for the next thirty days, some capacity. And then I said I also need a little bit of budget just in case because shit happens (laughs) and so i was like i need you know some some petty cash right so that i can make this thing just like you never know like i I need to be able to do something that costs 100 bucks like i just need to be able to go i need to just be able to to do do it it, right and so they were like cool over probably the next like 30 to 60 days it just kind of started taking off okay um you know i think again i hate i hate quantifying things in numbers of just like followers on Instagram specifically, but it is a good it is a type it's of a metric. Good metric, yeah. You know, so I think when I took over, like we were somewhere around like two hundred followers, right? And then within like a month, month and a half, we were at like seven hundred, you know, and now a year later we're at like thirty four thousand.
0: I saw that. And
1: um, you know, thing I'm most proud of is out of that thirty four thousand, like none of those are bought. They're all real people. Over like 50 60 percent are like basically in the Atlanta, metro Atlanta area. You know, we just did an event. We put out an RSVP online. It had like 2,000 people sign up within like yeah. 24, 48 hours. So, again, when you kind of see stuff like that, you're like, okay, like it's this working. thing is a thing. Yeah. And then you add that with the people stopping me on the street or, you know, so people, Get people your know about the butter. I don't do
0: autographs.
1: <laughs> I'll do I'll do a picture with you. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I don't. I try not to give out my number. I'm like, hit me on the WhatsApp you
0: know, <laughs> you or whatever. Can't but, just give my yeah, my just, local I, information. I can't
1: can, can giving everything out. But I do appreciate it though. I do appreciate it. So,
0: so you are in a unique position, um, as you called an entrepreneur, where you're able to kind of build a business within an already existing business, um, which doesn't happen a lot for people. So that's. Really cool. What is your favorite part about your job?
1: Any, the reality is like anything I kind of think of, I have the ability to kind of make it happen. Yeah. So again, like to use, we just did this, uh, this whole pop-up event. Um, it's kind of called an old ATL. We took a whole building, pulled everything out and just made like the ultimate Atlanta experience. So, like you walked in, you're at the candy lady's house. We had like a shoe closet, with these custom shoes we had designed on, on butter one time that were just like Instagram posts. And we actually like made them real physical, tangible ah. things. The idea actually started for, I just had this, again, this crazy idea that basically it was, um, what if we could make our content like real things? The, the first version of it was, what if I could just do an art show with all of our content? Ah. And then it was like, okay, well, we can do that. But like, what if we could make stuff real? And so the ability to like to have that idea, mm-hmm. which was probably, I probably had that idea about a month ago.
0: Yeah,
1: um, to be able to like actually execute it and to have a successful event with, you know, hundreds of people showing up and like actually have physical, tangible things. I mean, we actually got a space with the art gallery and, you know, for again, folks that don't know, like I didn't even know this. Right. Like I thought I could just go like rent an art gallery out. Like mm-hmm. apparently that's not that's very frowned upon in the that's art not space. A thing. No, it's like the, the person who owns it has to curate the the content in there. And, you know, the one that we used is owned by a guy named Maya Bailey. He's an awesome designer and tattoo artist and creative out here. Great guy. But like Maya was like, look, man, like, no, (laughs) this is my art gallery. I don't like I only this is how it has to work. Like, I I mean, I love what you're doing. But then just because he he and I have a good relationship. Ultimately, I kind of was able to convince him to let us try it. And we did it and he was blown away by it so much that he asked us to actually keep the stuff up. Our stuff is still up in this art gallery now. And again, that's all, you know, so I think that's the coolest part, right? Is like to be able to have these ideas and like actually make them happen. And the other part is just having grown up in and around Atlanta. Like when I first kind of started running Butter, I mean, I I said to myself, like, this is kind of my key to the city. Yeah. I've been able to build a lot of really interesting relationships really quickly Mm -hmm. and have gotten in some really just interesting rooms. And and it's just all off of content, you know, like this, you know, just this past weekend, a friend of mine, Jerry Clark, who was one of the original like managers, for, like Outkast mm-hmm. and, you know, the brat and everybody back in the day. I mean, you know, if you talk to like anybody in the music business for Atlanta, like everybody knows Jerry, like he's super connected. He and I are just talking. Right. And he's like, yeah, man, I got Lenny S. He's a A&R for Rock Nation and he's oh, worked wow. with Jay-Z pretty much his whole career. He goes by this, uh, his IG is called Kodak lens. Cause he basically, oh, yeah. I follow know, him. so he has the gold couch and like, everybody's trying to get like a picture with Lenny on this gold couch. Right. So like Jerry hits me up and we're just talking and he's like, yeah, man, I'm trying to do this podcast. Like Lenny's going to be in town. That's my boy. Can you help me with it? And I was like, yeah, let me see what I can do. I'm having another conversation with, you know, a buddy of mine who manages the swag shop for killer Mike. And this is all probably again, two weeks ago. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, um, I was like, hey, man, uh, my boy Jerry, who's friends with Killer Mike, has Lenny S coming in town. I saw y'all just did this podcast with T.I. and Killer Mike for T.I.'s new podcast. What if we did a podcast with Lenny and and, and Jerry here at the swag shop? And, like, they made it happen. Right. So, like, you know, I helped curate a podcast with, you know. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's like it's cool stuff like that where. You know, I always say, like, it's one thing, like, I, for a long time in my career, I was kind of, like, collecting the dots, and now I'm kind of connecting the
0: dots. Ah, yeah, And so yeah. it's, like,
1: opportunity. That's where I think it's the cool thing, where I can, like, find these people in these situations, and kind of, like, put them together and, like, make something new out of it.
0: People always are like, what's next? But I think I'm more interested in, like, what do you want? So now that you've had kind of the best of all worlds, and you're in a job that you really enjoy... What do you want this to become, whether for you personally or for the job in, a, in itself? Where do you want to head with this?
1: I enjoy what I'm doing. I mean, but I'd be lying if I said I don't want to make money, right? <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, my goal is really to kind of build butter into something that is of value. And then, you know, hopefully that gives me an opportunity with everybody else involved to get some of that value and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe have a little exit situation that happens. And then, you know, ultimately I just want to one, uh, build up that so that I can, you know, I think it's important, especially in a city like Atlanta, like anybody, like Atlanta is a city of hustlers. Yeah. Everybody, a lot of people out here front and doing stuff. And the thing about entrepreneurship is like anybody can say they're an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but I think it really is, it comes down to like, what have you built? Right. And so for me, like I've built, different businesses and i mean some of them have been more successful than others some of them haven't been successful right but like i'm really trying to build butter into a thing that i can say this is a thing that i built yeah. and it's relevant for the city and everybody knows what it is and it then can participate. can participate and then that allows me to then use my skills and my knowledge and my talent to help other people out mm-hmm. you know so ultimately i want to be in a situation where i can help invest in other businesses and consult and kind of help you know Help help the next person. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like grow their idea or do different things. But for me, that's kind of the big picture. Is I just want to build a name and a brand. It's something that people can actually recognize it as a successful thing. Yeah, make some money while I'm doing it, and right. then uh, you know ultimately to invest and help grow and come up with like new ideas and other opportunities. Because I see. You know, like one of the things that was really interesting to me, like when I finished up grad school, as a person always had a background in technology, I always felt like I had to figure, I always felt like I had to found a technology business. Mm. Um, I feel like I always had to come up with an app or like a, you know, uh, uh, the next big platform. A
0: direct tech related thing.
1: Yeah. And when I finished grad school the epiphany that I had was I was like yo business is business is business. Right. And so I tell people all the time, it's like, yo, like I'm I'm thinking about starting a long hair business.
0: Right.
1: You know, because honestly, like I I like I, I drive around like when I'm in my neighborhood, like I just notice, wow, there are lots of people with leaves on their yards. Then I'll like go online and be like, how much does it cost to buy a leaf vacuum? Right. Okay, it's five hundred bucks to buy a leaf vacuum. So if I was how to go How much could
0: I make out of that much, investment? So if
1: I was to go and hire, yeah two people to do it while I'm at work, you know what I mean? And like, they're doing five yards a day. They can yeah. do a yard or two out. Like that's the kind of stuff yeah. I think about, right? So for me, I, I don't, I don't care about it being tech. I mean, I use tech to help get stuff done, but for me, like business is business is business. Yeah. You know I what think saying? about that
0: a lot with little fish because I've told people that I just happen to be good at accounting, Yeah, but I think I could have built a business doing anything that I happen to be good at because once it's built into you, You can just go and do it and then make more of them. But you're right. I think a lot of us box ourselves of like, I do this. I know how to do this. That's all I'm going to do directly. And then being able to use it indirectly, like the way that you're able to use tech Mm -hmm. with butter, even though it's not a tech company, it's, it's based, but not in that way.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So I just think that's one thing, you know, I always tell people like, don't get caught up. Like again, business is business. And you know, like if you, good idea. Like I tell you again, like if you're making money, it don't have to, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to make sense if it makes dollars. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you like You can if figure out a way. You can figure out a way. And then ultimately like that might be the thing that sustains you and allows you the flexibility to do the thing that might be a little bit more risky. Right. I think a lot of people try to put the cart before the horse and like, they want to have these like crazy ideas that are like super risky. And I'm like, okay, but how are you going to make money? Like the question right. I always ask folks is like, what's your velocity to a dollar?
0: And they're like, what you mean? And
1: I'm like, I say, that's a great idea, that business you just told me. But my only question to you is, how quickly can you get a single person to give you a dollar for that idea? Right. And, you know, and that's I because that's how I think about it, right? right? It's like, you know, you don't need all, everybody wants to do this stuff where it's like all this involved. I got to do all business this planning work and in six months and build out and invest 20 grand in it. It's like, okay, you got to do all that for you to make a single dollar back. Right. Like, what's the version of this where it's literally velocity to that first dollar?
0: And then we can build on the rest later. Yeah.
1: Like even when I talk about the long care thing, right? Like for me, I would just go put out flyers in my neighborhood and I would just say like, we're booking in two weeks. Right. And then I would see how many people hit me back. And if I got it and, you know, if I only got one person hit me back, maybe I'd never respond
0: back. Right.
1: You know, but if like 20 people hit me back and all of a sudden I got 20 jobs booked.
0: This $500 is not a big deal.
1: Like let's go. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Velocity to a dollar. That's how I look at, you know, pretty much everything.
0: Oh, cool. Well, I appreciate having you here today.
1: I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Of course, without giving, you know, your phone number out to the people <laughs> to know where they can find you.
1: Uh, I mean, the best place is uh, anything with related butter. So just butteratl.com or more specifically butter.atl um, on IG or just type in ButterATL. <laughs> uh, but you can find me through some of those butter related channels or my um, personal IG is uh, Mr. Superbrand. So it's a MR super brand. Easy to find.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, ma'am. Like I like this is 20 years in the
0: making.
1: <laughs> glad we've been able to do it.
0: Me too. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, there's good news. We've got additional free resources for you to get clear on your small business finances. Subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter by heading to littlefishaccounting.com slash subscribe. And check us out on Instagram at littlefishaccounting.